Equality of educational opportunity has long been a stated goal of education in this province. The polka dot door, the polka dot door, let's peep through the polka dot door. Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome once again to Saturday Night at the Movies. My name is Elwi Yost. Today's special, shout it loud and clear, today's special. Well, this is it, our final episode. This podcast has been a sort of love letter to TVO, the organization that has been my home away from home for the last 28 years. It's been great to reminisce with some of the people I've worked with over the years, and I've learned a heck of a lot about how the place runs. We decided to wrap things up by taking it back to the beginning, the birthplace of TVO, Queen's Park. TVO was created by former Education Minister Bill Davis 50 years ago and we still fall under the auspices of that ministry. I've always wondered what they think of TVO. I mean, the fact is, we're a rounding error in the Ministry of Education budget, so I know they don't think about us too much. Still, we sat down with two former education ministers, Sandra Pupatello and Kathleen Wynne, along with a former Minister of Training Colleges and Universities, Diane Cunningham. Diane Cunningham, Kathleen Wynne, and first up, here's Sandra Pupatello. Okay, this is funny. I made a note to myself to yeah. wish you happy birthday, but of course, this interview got postponed by a week. Been la- <laughs> so, it's so funny. When we originally now set I'm to do this interview, wiser. yes, yeah, okay. I'm older and wiser. You're still younger than me. You know, we have a lot to be grateful for, so I don't even mind having birthdays because we're on the right side of the grass, right? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, let me give you a lovely formal introduction here. This is Sandra Pupatello, who was Ontario's Minister of Education in 2006, and therefore TVO was under her auspices. And I want to just have you share with us uh, one of your favorite memories about TVO. And this was, boy, you got good treatment, Sandra, I have to say. You got a front page Toronto Star picture of you and Pokeroo. Now, how did all that happen? <laughs> You know, it wasn't actually, it should have been an absolute highlight, but it was actually quite a difficult time because I think TVO, TFO had come through some very difficult cuts over the course of the decade previous. So I think mostly the journalists, I'll have to say, they were being very protective of TVO, TFO, which is striking to know that. And when we had announced we were going to do a review everybody automatically assumed that that language meant we were going to find ways to shut it down, cut it back, etc. And they had already been through that for the the decade previous. So when we announced the review, everybody got their backup. I think, you know, we're just going to have a look because remember in those years, Dalton McGinty, who was fluently bilingual, he had been in the house since 1990 and he was well aware that the French side of TFO was uh, underwhelming at best. They did not have the funds to do the things they should have been uh, doing. And there was a hue and cry about um, them becoming independent, as I recall. So that was part and parcel of the, of the review we were doing. But here I was as the minister thinking, we're going to do some really good things because people have been calling for an upgrade, updating uh, for many years. In fact, they've been suffering financially. So here we think we're going to do a great turn. I was vilified. And I remember the moment I was in my office doing an interview when Matt Galloway used to do the three after the three o'clock in the afternoon news show on, on CBC, CBC radio. Yep. 
And I thought, what a little brat. He was he was <laughs> terrible with me. But I don't even know the guy. I thought he was being just awful, asking me very pointed questions. And it didn't matter how many times I said, we're not cutting their funding. It just didn't matter. And I realized that, frankly, TVO, TFO had been through some very dire straits in years previous. And when we finally did that launch, it was an injection of $20 million dollars. And at that time, that was a lot of money, and it did cause uh, sort of necessitate the, the division of TFO TVO, which they'd called upon for a long time, so they'd have their own network. Really, yep. I think they TFO moved out of the building as they I divorced saying. us. That's true. And they, and for them, it was uh, uh, really a step towards independence to say they weren't latching or having to be latched to their English version of themselves. So uh, in the end, uh, frankly, I thought. I always thought every time I saw you in your show, I would sit back and smile and say, you know what? We made him a star because <laughs> that really was the beginning of the agenda when you had your own show with a better time slot, um, as I recall. <laughs> well, here, here was the thing. When Studio Two got canceled, which was, uh -huh. I think, end of June 2006, and uh -huh. you're the minister... And, you know, it's true. There was a lot of speculation in the media that you were behind the cancellation of the show and that this was you kind of, you know, <laughs> That's right. sticking it to TVO. What really happened? Yeah, and it was the complete opposite, actually. In fact, what it was, and Lisa DeWild, and as I recall, she may have been newly in a CEO. That's right. She hadn't been there that long. And I thought she was a real firebrand coming in and she was going to do lots of great things. Um, she had great connections. And it was just the confluence of a lot of very positive things that ended up happening that resulted in what I thought was putting a huge footprint on TVO, TFO, and look where we are today. I think uh, nationally renowned, uh, Steve, you have a great relationship with, uh, well, with politicians, with the public, with other news media, uh, your own show, uh, which became much larger than it was previous. So I think in the end, everything went very, very well. But I always think back to that interview with that guy. And I think, you know, what kind of upstarts he going to be in the media? And of course, now, of course, he's a host of the morning show, probably the biggest time slot for CBC. He's but doing I the current always, now, that's right. Oh, he's done well. But I always remember, you know, he was cutting his teeth on the likes of me back in those days. <laughs> well, do, do you know what it says on your Wikipedia page? What's it say? Here we go. I looked this up just for fun. I, I have to be honest. I never read it, so well, I have no idea. It says here, the popular Studio 2 program was canceled and replaced by a nightly current affairs show called The Agenda. Some opposition politicians charged political interference in the latter decision, but this was denied by both Pupatello and Studio 2 host Steve Pakin. So, Sandra, we are together forever on your Wikipedia page. Oh, so you know what? That's pretty good. And really, there was no undue influence. Um, but I do remember being at the announcement with Pokeroo, who, by the way, is taller than me, and I could wear heels and not worry about it. <laughs> about three feet on me. Uh, anyway. And where, yeah, where's that, that was, picture today? Because that, that? that was a great shot of the two of you that, that was in the Toronto Star. Where's that picture now? <laughs> You know what? I have it hanging in my office and I don't I don't have, um, you know, memorabilia scattered all over the house. I don't like to have those vanity walls, as they say, but there are only a handful of them. And that is one, because when I see it, it represents 
well, a lot of internal discussions that we won't uh, be uh, discussing today when it comes to how we are able to get more money out of the government when, frankly, lots of other parts of the government were being cut uh, in those years. But so for me, it represented a lot, both publicly and behind the scenes, in how we eventually arrived at that podium with $20 million. <laughs> it, it meant a lot. So I kept that one out, actually, and framed it. And I keep it right on the wall beside my desk. Well, that's lovely. And that $20 million was hugely important to the future of the place because it allowed us to, to go digital, which we which we had to do to stay relevant and, and ongoing for the future. That's right. And, and when you think about what you were doing at that time in terms of, in terms of digitization, it was actually well ahead uh, of a number of other major international outlets. So I think it, it really stood you in good stead for the future. And certainly for you, every time I see you, I think, hmm, there we go. That's our guy. Not in a, you know ownership kind of way, but really, we're proud of what's happened to you and your show. Well, that's lovely to hear. And thank <laughs> you for joining us and sharing that memory. Pokeroo, Pokeroo. You bet. <laughs> Pokeroo. Where is that poker? I mean, really, if there was ever an auction, I would go and bid on that costume right now. Oh, no, we, we, we never see Pokeroo. We missed him again. You know, he shows up and then, gosh, where did he go? He's we missed gone. him again. Anyway, Sandra, <laughs> thank you very much for this. Thanks for the walk down memory lane. Not at all. You be well and best to Jim. <laughs> Thanks. Take care. See you. Ciao. Diane Cunningham was a progressive conservative member of the legislature from 1988 to 2003. She was also Minister of Training, Colleges and Universities from 1999 to 2003. She was such a fan of TVO that back in 2002, when the Queen and Prince Philip were in town for the Queen's Diamond Jubilee, Diane made it her mission to let them know how amazing TVO was. Here she is with that story. Hi. Hi, Steve. It's so good to see you. It is a pleasure. Now, I want you to take us back, if you would, to October of 2002. The yes. Queen herself is making a Golden Jubilee visit to Canada. You are mm -hmm. part of the Ontario delegation that is meeting her at Exhibition Place. And mm -hmm. go ahead, pick up the story from there. Because I was a minister of training colleges and universities... Uh, we actually asked all the colleges and universities uh, to prepare some kind of a, a show, um, some kind of a talk, uh, and come down to, you know, the center of excitement in Toronto and show the Queen what we thought she'd want to see, and that is education, because the whole tour was about education. Um, I was very honoured when the Prince and and uh, the queen came walking with her lovely gown, her lovely gown, and he was very handsome. And were the king and, excuse me, were the queen and Prince Philip suitably charmed by all the exhibits and the lovely little children and all of this? They were absolutely charmed. And they would stop around these exhibits uh, as they were asking questions. So I had a, a, a helper, if you want to call it that. And we tromped over all kinds of wires and lights and whatever we could do, clear across this big circle to the other side of this big circular auditorium. And uh, there was TVO with all its colors and few children. And I can just see Pokeroo in these pictures. I can see I can see some of the people that work there. I won't say all of their names, but you can, you can just imagine who they were. And we got a chance to talk. And we were talking away. And uh, I looked up 
and I could see the prince coming around the corner. And he had kind of a little twinkle in his eye. In fact, he had a nice twinkle in his eye. And he started to smile and he left the group and he walked up and he looked at me and he said, oh, it's you again. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> well, at least he remembered you. You know, I talk a lot, but I did not talk at that time. I thought, what next? <laughs> then someone started to introduce me and he said to me, don't you really think that you have a conflict of interest tonight? A conflict what he of meant interest, by that, I don't know. Here was the minister taking him, first of all, seeing him, first of all, at my own university, which he knew and came all the way around to TV Ontario, which he didn't know. And here I am. I always thought with just the things that here she is, she's running the whole show and then she's just going to show me these things. And we all, everybody started to laugh. And then he looked down at the kids and he asked many of them what they liked. And uh, one of them said, oh, I like it because I can do, I can do get help with my homework. And another one said, I love Pokeroo. And another one said different things. It's it was it was extremely beautiful. So the, the prince actually interacted with all the little kids. He was there for maybe five, ten minutes. Huh. And he didn't talk to any of us at that time. He just asked the little children. I mean, I could show you the picture, it won't show up for your audience, but there he is anyway. Can you see that? You gotta hold it a little higher. There? There we go. Oh, look at that. Fantastic. See the colors? That's a great shot. And the smiles. Yeah. So he, in all ages, and other people started to leave where they were, of course. And we really did a good job of promoting TV Ontario's success. Because a lot of other people that were walking around just looking at the universities and whoever had come from the small towns, it was really a significant evening. Can I thank you now for sharing those wonderful memories with us? Yes. That was a beautiful thing. And can I thank you for asking me? Because it gives me a chance to let all the people that are looking at whatever we're talking about today, that we do have a wonderful country and we do have a wonderful monarch and that we are living through tough times, but our democracy and our way of governing is a big, big success. And I won't get into the politics of what's going on down south, but every time I do look down south, it makes me just a little bit happier to be Canadian. You too, probably. Well, even this, I'm, I'm glad I'm, uh, uh, I'm happy that I'm talking to you after the election, because I think the Americans themselves are feeling that they have a lot more hope. Hmm. Well, we shall see. Yes. Diane Cunningham, it's been great to talk to you again. Thank you so much for doing this. It's been my pleasure. Kathleen Wynne was the 25th Premier of Ontario, but before that, from 2006 to 2010, she was the province's Education Minister, and thus had responsibility for TVO. Here she is on why she saw it as her job not only to oversee TVO, but also to protect it. When you think about those years in the education portfolio, I mean, obviously 99% of your job, I presume, was focused on the elementary school system, the secondary school system, relationships with teachers and all of that. 
But do you, do you have any sort of recollections or memories of uh, events or dealings with TVL? I absolutely do. And, you know, when I became Minister of Education, Isabel Bassett was the um, was the chair or she was the CEO, I guess. She was the both she, and chair of the board. Yeah. And um, we worked very well together. It actually uh, solidified a, a mutual respect that um, we because we hadn't known each other really before. Um, and I, I feel, Steve, that the job of many ministers of education in the last few decades has been to protect TVO, to make sure that TVO doesn't lose funding. And that was certainly that was certainly my experience was making the argument to the finance minister that um, that we needed to we needed to bolster this institution and that it wasn't a place that we could uh, that we could find funding cuts. The other thing was um, balancing the T- TVO TFO because before um, well. I, when I was there, when I was first minister of education, um, it was one organization and it subsequently uh, divided. And I was, you know, I was not 100 percent sure that that I thought that was a good idea. But the more I understood the francophone perspective, the more supportive I was of doing that. The other thing that um, that I am really happy about and when I think about it, it's a good memory. Lisa DeWild. So when I was premier, Lisa DeWild had been um, in her job for a while and we um, we worked together on bringing the uh, IT and um, uh, virtual learning unit of the Ministry of Education much closer to TVO because what happened was I was I was hearing from the Minister of Education that we were, you know, we were moving ahead on e-learning. And I knew that from my time there, that it was something that that was advancing. And then Lisa came in and talked to me about what um, what TVO wanted to do in terms of expanding the uh, the e-learning options. And I was I was already a big fan of what TVO did online because of adult education and the, the work that's done around the province with uh, with adult learners. But I really felt at that moment, these things need to be together. You know, we need to have an integrated uh, system here. And I think, Steve, that has stood us in very good stead through this pandemic. It has meant that there's been a more coordinated um, ability to use the technology to provide online learning for kids. So those are some of the things that, uh, that I remember about TVO. I believe in it. I think it is such an important part of our fabric in Ontario, and I never want to see it uh, depleted. Let me ask you about one event that I'm, I'm pretty sure you were at this event, because I think there's a picture on my wall over here of you there. And this was the day when uh, the state, the, uh, the studio that I do the agenda in was renamed after Bill Davis. Mm -hmm. And I think you were there, Dalton McGinty was there, obviously, Mr. Davis was there. Do you have any recollections of that day? I just remember it being um, very emotional. And I, I think the pride that, uh, that Premier Davis had in the work was it was pretty touching. Um, and I, uh, you know, I, I've always said that I grew up in the Bill Davis era, you know, as a kid. Um, he was he was somebody who we looked up to. It didn't I didn't even think of Party Stripe as a kid. So I think um, the fact that the studio was named after him. It just it felt like a, a nice circle being um, being closed and uh, a really great tribute to him because he believed so strongly in the institution. 
One of the things I, I do remember about that day was Dalton McGinty saying that when his mother talks about, quote unquote, the premier, she means Mr. Davis and not him. <laughs> she, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which, uh, boy, when your own mom doesn't think of you as the premier, that's uh, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I always when I would talk to when I would talk to Premier Davis, I, I mean, I can't even call him Bill Davis. It was always premier. So, yeah. Do you not call him Bill? No, no, I call him premier. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I don't know anybody who calls him Bill except the kids that worked with him when he was at Tories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I call but him. But even John Tory doesn't call no, him. No, John, John calls him Premier. And when when John and I talk to each other about him, we call him Premier Davis. So it's it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty funny. Well, that's you know what? He deserves that respect. Premier Wynn, really appreciate your taking the time to share those memories with us today. Thanks so much. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. And that's it for us. Thank you again for joining us on this journey. If you've missed any parts of it, the entire TVO at 50 podcast series is available online at tvo.org slash programs slash TVO at 50. This episode of TVO at 50 was produced by Katie O'Connor and Matthew O'Mara. Editing by Donnie Swanson. Research help from Kate Petch, Carol Elder, and Elizabeth Carroll. Our production support coordinators are Jonathan Hallowell and Nikki Ashworth. Thank you, Bill Davis. I'm Steve Pakin. Bye-bye.